Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Romans 8.35 You know, when we ask the question today, who or what shall separate us from the love of Christ, we allegorize and we qualify it to death. I don't want to denigrate the practice of clinging to Scripture and its promises when we're having a hard time. It's just that I'm not too sure we can use this passage so flippantly. Because when St. Paul posed this question, he meant it literally. It was written in the context of literal persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, and sword. It was a question that was put to the test by the early church in the days of the early church. Shall any of these things separate us from the love of Christ? Now the first reading appointed for the festival of St. James the Elder is from the book of Acts. And I can't help but think that St. Paul had this sequence of events in mind whenever he wrote Romans 8. Acts 11 and 12 tell us this, that during the reign of Emperor Claudius, an early church prophet named Agabus, prophesied this great famine throughout the world. Now history records that it was probably a series of small famines throughout the empire that all kind of added up to fulfill this prophecy. Either way, the early church had already fallen on hard times and faith was tested. Nothing like a good famine to do it, to really put your faith to the test, to see really who you fear, love, and trust. Could famine separate God's people from the love of Christ? Well, the church pulled together and they sent relief to those in Jerusalem and they commissioned Barnabas and Saul, St. Paul, uh, to deliver the funds for them because they knew that nothing could pluck them out of their Savior's hand. Then another test, a test that this festival day is dedicated to. Herod the king wanted to make a bold showing against the church. He wanted to do violence to the cause of Christ and to his advancing reign and rule in the world through the word of the gospel. So, he killed James the Elder. We call him James the Elder to distinguish him from James the Younger, one of the other uh, disciples. So Herod killed James the Elder. James the Elder is the brother of St. John, the evangelist. And he killed him with the sword, making him the first, pos- the, the first apostle to be martyred for the Christian faith. James and John are known endearingly to the church as the sons of thunder. They were part of that inner circle of Jesus's disciples, the three, uh, along with Peter. They were there with Jesus in some of his most important moments. They were there with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. But but James is perhaps most famous for for his coming to Jesus along with his brother to ask if they may sit at Jesus' right hand and his left whenever he came into his kingdom. 
And it was there that Jesus told them that they did not know what they were asking. And then he asked them if they were able to drink from the cup that Jesus was to drink or to be baptized with his baptism. And they said they were ready. And Jesus responded. He essentially said, good, because you will. What was he saying? The cup that Jesus referenced was the cup of suffering that he had to drink from to atone for the sins of the world. The baptism that he referenced was his own dying. He tested them. If you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, this is what it's about. Suffering and dying. Were they ready? They said that they were in the moment, but they probably weren't. Look at all the disciples' reaction, uh, their reactions whenever Jesus was crucified. Were they ready? No, probably not, but they would be. James's moment to drink from the cup that Jesus promised came at the hands of Herod Agrippa. James didn't choose it. It was his time. It was his time to drink from the cup. It was his time to be baptized with the baptism of Jesus' death. And he was ready because his Savior made him ready. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, James knew that nothing could separate him from the love of Christ, not even the sword. And at the end of our Acts reading, we see St. Peter is tested as he's thrown into prison by Herod. This was a test not only for St. Peter, but also for the entire early church, as obviously St. Peter was a major pillar, a leader in the early church. But the church made earnest prayers to God because they knew that nothing could separate them. Nothing could separate Peter from the love of Christ, not even tribulation. Christ had won the victory over the enemies of the church. He had conquered sin, death, the devil, and the world. He had overcome the world. And those who belong to Jesus are free from anything that would threaten to harm them eternally. The psalmist says in Psalm 56, what can flesh do to me? You see, the early church and men like St. James the Elder withstood the test. They answered the question, can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Their answer was an emphatic no. We triumph over all these momentary afflictions because of the Christ who conquered them by drinking the cup of God's wrath in full and going to the grave willingly for all. Through his cross, Jesus took death in his hands. And as it writhed and squirmed and cried out for him to let it go, he would not. He laid hold of its horrific form and as he grasped it in his bleeding hands, he used it as a sword to lop off the head of the beast, guaranteeing that his thrashings and his death rows would be no threat to you. Even now as the enemy takes his final breaths, his head lies crushed under the feet of our Savior lies crushed under your feet. 
our time will come when we must really drink from the cup. Not to pay for our sins, but to, but to participate in the life of Christ through real suffering, real hardship, real tribulation. Many of our brothers and sisters throughout the world, uh, our Christian brothers and sisters, they live this every single day. What was the church's early response to this? They made earnest prayers to God on behalf of Peter who was in prison. May we, like the early church, remember our brothers and sisters in our prayers, knowing that nothing can separate us or them from the love of Christ. Jesus has seen to it. Jesus has taken care of it. And when your time comes to really answer that Romans 8 question, you will be ready. Because what can flesh do to you? Christ has given you such victory that you can smile in death's face even as you drink from that bitter cup, even as you weep bitter tears because he will dry every single one of them at his coming where we, like James, will rise to life eternal. In the name of Jesus, amen.